Hey you guys, welcome to the 19th episode of Intuitively Unapologetic. My name is Mikhail. You can listen to the podcast on Apple and Spotify and you can follow the podcast on Intuitively Unapologetic on Instagram. So you guys, let's just get into the podcast. Um, I don't know how long this podcast episode is going to be because I um, have a lot of bullet points that I want to get over, but it really just depends all on me. Um, So I just want to get into the show and I want to say... I hope, like always, that everybody's having a good week. Um, if you didn't have a good week, next week and even the next day is a chance to have a better day or a better week. If so, for me, you know, I don't, you know, I don't like being a Debbie Downer, but I do like being authentic. I do like being genuine, genuine with you guys, and I love being candid with you guys. And I will say that this week was kind of challenging for me. Um, because I know like right now in my life like I'm going through like this um awakening period if you'll say so because you know I think I told y'all a week or two ago that I found a mentor and we were gonna start working three months after I had my session with her but we actually sped it up and so I'm actually working with her now instead of waiting the three months but anyways to make a long story short during the session that I had with her, she told me that she sees that I'm about to go through like this ascension period or whatever. Um, and I'm just gonna, um, you know, grow and be more aware with stuff. And so she said it would be soon. And I'm really going through it because I'm just at a point now in my journey where it's like, I know certain things that are making me stagnant. And for me, it's not like, for me, it's not dealing with reality and trying to um, do things to not deal with reality. Um, and so I knew that that was one thing in order for me to grow how I wanted to grow in my journey that I had to do. And it was very hard for me, you guys. I'm not going to lie. Like it was, it was so, so hard for me. And so that's what I've really been doing, just dealing with reality. And it kind of made me upset. It kind of made me, you know, not in a good space. Um, and so, it, it was challenging. I'm not even gonna lie. It was so challenging. And, you know, I am just now feeling better. Like, I feel way much better today because, you know, I talked to my spirit team and, you know, you know, I gave myself a reading and basically I've just felt so encouraged from that reading from my spirit team, from my, from my spirit guys, just to know that they are there with me. And, you know, I'm just, I had certain dreams that were helpful um, for what I am going through in life. And I just feel like life, you know, it has its challenges. Just like I said last week, things are going to be challenging in life, but you just got to keep going. And I just had to remind myself, you know, that for this week and just know that this is a part of growth. This is a part of just having faith. Um, you know, when you go through things, especially like awakenings and you're evolving and stuff, sometimes you get testing, you have like these trials to just make you stronger. All of this is, is honestly to make me stronger. And, you know, I had a weak moment, but I got back up and I'm like, I have to trust on the universe. I have to trust in my ancestors and I have to trust with my spirit guys, my spirit team. I have to trust in all of them and know that they have my best interest and they're working in my interest to make sure that things turn out in my favor. And so, it, you know, it was a moment of just 
my faith been tested and just me going through the pains <laughs> and so you know like I said I'm much better now I almost didn't do the show because you know like I said I don't like coming on my podcast if my energy is not right but my energy is definitely right and so that is why I was able to come on the podcast today oh so, you guys aside from that um I know we got some things happening in like Eastern Europe and stuff and it's just so unfortunate and it's so sad that we still have people and power that are using their their power to you to be ignorant and to um abuse it. Like it's really sad. Like we're in this day and age and we're still going through this. You know, I'm not going to lie. I don't be in as in tune with certain world events as I should because I try to keep that balance for my um you know for for my mental health because I just don't think it's healthy to know every little thing um that's going on worldwide or just like even in your city because it can be kind of draining. So for me it's it's more so me trying to find that balance of knowing what's going on but yet still keeping my peace. And so somebody, a family member told me, you know, what was going on. And I was just like, that's just crazy. Um, you know, that we don't have peace in this world. We don't have any of that. Um, but it is, you know, it's just a part of, it's just a part of how things go, I guess. And it's just sad because, you know, it's really sad for the people that's going to be caught in a crossfire as far as, like, just innocent people who have nothing to do with this. They're just regular civilians living their life, living in the truth, and then they have to, could possibly be affected by this. And even though I'm not necessarily in that space, even because we don't even know how things are going to even play out at this point, but as of right now, just just from a projected point of view, I still do think that, you know, Americans, us Americans are still going to be affected by this in some way, uh, especially if anything financially. And, you know, we have certain things going over here, going on over here, such as like food going up and rent and gas prices like gas has already been going up and I just know because of where all of this is happening, these gas prices are about to go up as well even more than it already is and it's like we're, we're already hurting a lot of us are already hurting from this pandemic that's still going on and now we have to deal with this ignorance so i'm just like let me let me pull out the green candles let me get the rituals started because <laughs> i ain't got time i don't got time to be struggling i don't got time for none of that and just because people want to be ignorant so, you know, my prayers just go out to, like, just the people that's going to be caught in the crossfires and to, like, my fellow Americans as well because, you know, we're going to be financially hurt. I, f I feel like we're going to be financially impacted by all of this um, buffoonery, okay? Um, so, I, my prayers just go out to all of that. Um Hopefully, there can be a resolution. Hopefully, it doesn't have to get bad. I'm not necessarily keeping up with it, keeping up with it because, like I said, I like to have that balance. But I hope there is a resolution. Um, and I will say, you know, this podcast is in no way like political, a political podcast. 
but um that is what's happening and so i had to bring that up also another thing that i wanted to bring up you guys is black history month because as you guys know this is the end of february and i know that i have viewers that don't necessarily live in america and so some of you may know about black history to a certain extent or some of you may not even know what black history month is but basically in america we have like a, a month which is which february has been that month that we honor the history of black people and the history of black people who have made a difference in civil rights in difference in equality who have made a difference in how this country has progressed and we honor our ancestors we honor all of that stuff um, and all of that pertaining to black history. We honor black history, we live in the truth, and we just honor all of that. And that's basically what Black History Month means to me. And because this is the last week and I just haven't had a, a moment to even acknowledge black history on this uh podcast, you know, acknowledge a month, I'm taking it time to do that now because as a black woman, and I'm always going to acknowledge my truth and I'm always going to acknowledge my history and I don't care you know what you know what how anybody else feels about it I'm going to acknowledge my, myself and the people who have came before me because we have been through a lot and I just want to say um regarding black history month I, not you don't even have to be black you know if you're living in America I feel like everybody has that responsibility to actually know authentic and true black history when it comes to black history in this country since this month is about race let's be very candid um you know history is not taught from an afrocentric point of view in this country it's taught from a very one-sided point of view that's that's basically history that has been manipulated and it has been manipulated throughout time just because the truth is uncomfortable you know, a lot of people don't want to talk about his, certain things in history in this country. A lot of people try to not even acknowledge certain events that have taken place because it's very uncomfortable and it's disgusting. A lot, uh, You know, a lot of the things that have been done to black people, but we need to talk about it. We need to have it out there. We need to bring more awareness to other people because... We as a country, if we're going to gonna come together and come to some some type of um place where we're all treated equal, we have to know our history. You have you have to know where you have come from to know where you're going. You have to know the facts. And if it's like if you're going to suppress certain history or manipulate certain history or tell people to get over certain history that pertains to black people, we will never be in a position where we're even able to have the true equality that we need and just the whole manipulation of history you guys is you know i have seen this firsthand you know i did go to a school i did go to a college that was historically black for me that was a you know a good thing for me i was able to go to a hbcu and you know i never really had any hiccups as part of like just learning certain type of history because majority of the teachers um we're teaching from an afrocentric point of view um but there was one class that i did go to where um the teacher you know didn't come from that type of background didn't come from that type of lineage and basically tried to manipulate history that i know for a fact which is why it's so important to know your history 
Um, you know, I basically said, cause you know, in college you have like blackboards and you, you have like these rebuke discussion reviews and stuff like that. And I was just telling her like, you know, there was something with the founding fathers. I can't, you know, I can't really remember the extent of, you know, what the prompt was, but it had something to do with the founding fathers. And I was just saying, these are, you know, the same, I don't even know what I said, but I know too, it was the extent of like, these people were rich and these people owned slaves. You know, I was just going in just speaking my truth. And she basically tried to debunk that and say that um, most of them were poor and most of them. So how could they even afford slaves when these the founding fathers were some of the richest people? Okay. And so it's just stuff like that is why it's so important to know your history because like I said, black black history at that because black history is not taught from an Afrocentric point of view and it's brainwashing people. Not just black people, it's brainwashing people in general. And I feel like the only way you're truly going to honestly get a get a grasp of what black history is is just through self-studying or just going to an hbcu where they offer certain um african history classes and for me i was able to get those classes but i was also able to self-study and so that's why i say it's so important because it's like if you don't know your history somebody will try to t t tell it for you and it won't be right and there's no disrespect to her because i actually you know i actually like that uh teacher we left on good terms it was it was nothing bad like that but there was that one little hiccup and i just felt like just just a kind of annoyed. I didn't really push it further because it's like, you know, I'm not going to argue with this teacher. You know, I didn't push it further, but it was one of those things where it kind of just caught me off guard. And it's like, I'm just so glad I know my truth and other people can't tell me that. And yes, yeah, so I just want to take this, <laughs> this moment to just honor all of the people who continue to fight for equality for black people and for the involvement of black people, because you know, a lot of people, a lot of black people sacrifice so much just for us to get to where we are now. People have been, have had their lives taken away for marching, for protesting, for just being black, for just going to certain places, for trying to escape, to get to freedom, to doing all these things, you know, from being captured. Like people have, black people have been through a lot in this country. They have made so many sacrifices they have made they have been through so many challenges and we have to honor those people and not only them but honor our black ancestors and just make them proud because i know how my ancestors struggle and this is the thing a lot of people will say well you know that happened years and years and years ago why can't you just get over it? a lot of people will tell you that especially people um who who are not in who do not have a lineage that goes back to Africa? A lot of people will really say that they will say it's time to get over it. You know, you didn't go through this. But what people do not understand, you guys, is that whatever your ancestors go through, regardless of whatever complexion they were, or you know where what nationality they had, or whatever, whatever they go through, that stuff still lives through you in your subconscious. That's what people don't understand when you look at certain behaviors within families and you see like okay this great grandmother had this problem and now 
her great grandson has this problem. Like, think about how alcoholism runs in certain families. Certain families. That's because if you go back, certain ancestors had addictions to certain things. Or, for instance, for me, when I think about certain food that I like, like, my mom and my dad, they think I eat so weird. <laughs> like, a lot of people think I eat so weird. And, you know, I never, you know, earlier in my life, I never really had, you know, been around my grandmother. But it wasn't until she moved in with us at one point that I realized, like, me and my grandmother, we eat some of the same things. And then when I'm talking to my mom, and she was, you know, my mom and my dad, they don't like sunny side up eggs. But then she was like, oh, my father, he ate that. Like some, the things that your ancestors like, the things that your ancestors did, the things that your ancestors went through, that is all embedded in your subconscious mind. And it plays out through you. And even though your ancestors have passed on everything that they have been through, you guys, everything that they have been through, you guys still lives within you. And not only does it live through you. But your ancestors still live through you and they see everything that you're going through. And so the hurt of my ancestors having to go through slavery, having to deal with segregation, having to be racially profiled, to having to be treated unfairly because of the color of their skin, that stuff still lives through me. And not only does it still live through me, but I am still going through a lot of that stuff till to this day, but just in a different form. So don't tell me that I have to get over something when I'm still, when I still carry that trauma, I still carry that pain, my ancestors pain. And so I honor my ancestors. I give my ancestors the thanks. I give my ancestors the gratitude because I I just can't imagine. I mean, I, I can imagine that life was challenging, but just to think about all of the stuff that they went through and how they just had to muster through that stuff and they didn't give up because if they would have gave up, I would have never been here. So I give my ancestors all the thanks and gratitude because life now, you know, can be challenging. And I just imagine some of the stuff that they went through. You know, it makes me proud to have went through college, uh, went through high school, went through college because some of my ancestors didn't even have a degree past the second grade or the third grade. That's where I come from, ancestors who didn't have the education, but because I'm carrying on their name and carrying on their lineage and carrying on their blood, you know, I'm able to do the things that they couldn't do. And they're able to experience those things through me. It's the little things like that. And I just, I will just continue to make my ancestors proud. I'll continue to try and live in a certain light to where I'm always making them proud because I know that they're always watching me and they're always living through me. And... And I will, I will forever do that. I'll forever honor them, and I'll forever be proud about honoring them, no matter where I'm at and what platform I, what platform I'm on. I will never be hush hush about that. As a black person, you guys, I am proud. And black, I say black, not a person of color. For one, that's a derogatory phrase to me because I feel like a person of color is the same thing as colored people. You know, I'm not a person of color. I'm black you know, identify me as I am, just like others would want us to be identified. When you say personal color, you know how many, you know how many races and, and ethnicities are included in that whole phrase, person of color? A lot. I'm not a person of color. I am black. 
race was a thing that was used to have certain classifications and div division and just making and saying person of color just creates more division and more classi classifications. So no, identify me as a black. I'm a black woman, okay? And I'm West African and Creole, if you want to even be more exact. That's who I am and that's how I want to be identified as. With that being said, thank you ancestors and thank you to all of the black people who have made a difference in history and to just to all of the black people who have had to go through all the things that they did and they still mustered on through. And for the people that couldn't, I still thank you. For the people that just gave up in life because it was hard, I still thank you. So now, you guys, I want to get into the topic. So the topic that we're going to be talking about today, you guys, is basically sex, owning your sexuality, and how you define your sexuality. And also, I want to get into sex magic um, because I think that's something that's important to get into and so i do want to put a disclaimer before i get into anything you guys i just want to say that um i'm not encouraging anybody that is under the age of 18 to do any of this stuff i don't think anybody under the age of 18 is listening to this podcast just on like the um the numbers that i see but if you are like i think it's you know good to listen to just get certain advice on stuff and some of the advice that I'm going to be talking about in this podcast I think it's good to hear it out um which I don't think anybody like I said is is under is listening to it but I but I, at the same time I'm not this is not something I'm encouraging at the same time I um I did just want to put that out there because I just wanted to put that out there and so when it comes to like sex in general, I feel like, especially in the Western culture, it's, it's just one of those things that's socially taboo. I feel like we're getting to a point of like where we're being more open and talking about those type of things. But um, there's still that, you know, there's still that that in-between medium where like it's, it's still kind of taboo to talk about, I would guess. Um, but I feel like sex and anything related to sex is something that should be talked about and it's, it's something that should be done. And it's just one of those things, you guys, if you actually pay attention to like all of the seven chakras, you have the sacral chakra. And this chakra is basically an expression. It deals with expression and creativity. It deals with uh, expression in a way that you express yourself emotionally, um, how you express yourself sexually. Um, you know, this chakra is basically the chakra of expression and so even although it doesn't primarily deal with just sex and in sexuality it deals with other stuff but the just the fact that it does deal with things pertaining to sexuality lets you know that this is something that is basically promoted within the universe promoted from god for us to do and for us to experience and to, for us to be in um and something to help us have that balance. So I don't understand why it's something that is so taboo to talk about it. Now, I do know, like, I'm not, you know, dumb. Especially over in, like, the Western culture over here. Like, you know, Christianity influenced society. You know, even though they try to say, like, you know, religion and state or whatever is religion and state is separated. You know, we all know that Christianity 
Christianity still has a big influence on this society. Um, even though, you know, we're so diverse, even though America is so diverse at the same time, like Christianity still influences um, society. And we know that within Christianity, you know, sex is something that's ideally done with a man and a woman. And it's something that's done when you are married. Not only that, as far as like it being taboo to talk about, I feel like elders, like our elders, and when I say elders, I'm referring to like our parents, our grandparents, or just, you know, anybody that we grew up with and they govern us or, you know, raised us or whatever. I feel like when it comes to them, they don't really you know, like going in great detail about sex. I feel like the most, well, I don't know about every household, but for, you know, just for the households that I would imagine just from what I've heard and just, you know, from my own experience, I just feel like usually when it comes to sex, our elders, you know, they like to just, they like to say, you want to wait till you are married and you don't want to have sex because of kids. And the whole marriage part is really was like mind-boggling to me because that's that's again where it goes to, back to knowing your history and knowing that Africa being the first civilization, they were the ones that put um their meaning on what virginity actually was. And virginity, you guys, originally meant that you had the same father for every one of your kids say a woman and a man were married and they had kids back then and all their kids came from that man um she didn't have any other man um she didn't have any other man fathering her kids she would still be considered a virgin even though she had kids you know i don't really want to get into like um the whole you know bible thing but i will say think about the story of mary and then you'll find your answer and why that meaning has changed over time so just back to the elders um you know when it comes to the elders i, I just wish even myself i wish i would have known more about sex before my adulthood i'm, I'm gonna be honest i wish there was a lot of stuff that i wish i would have knew but i feel like the elders they don't make it um comfortable for us as you know, growing up as teenagers and stuff to even want to talk about that kind of stuff because they put so much fear into it because they don't want us to get kids or, you know, they just want us to wait till marriage because of religious beliefs. And it's like, these are things we, as growing up, we need to know about these, you know, types of things. Um, and I just wish I would have known more before going to adulthood instead of having to experience and discover stuff on my own, if that makes sense. And I just feel like our elders are basically like grouped in with that generation where sex is basically a part of that grown folk talk discussion. You know what I'm talking about? Like this is grown folk talk. This has nothing to do with kids. So therefore, you know, you won't know about it. All you need to know is don't do it because you can get pregnant or and you're not married. That's as far as I feel like a lot of discussions go. But I feel like it, it should go deeper than that because I just feel like when it comes to sex, there's certain things that we need to know for our safety and there's certain, certain things we know to, just to know what to expect. Like, just to know what to expect. And sex, I, like I said, it deals, sexuality deals with that certain chakra. So it's like, why not? Why is this something that, should not is not being talked about you know we, we need to know what to expect going into those types of things and you know i just feel like especially when you start being more 
you know, intimate and stuff, assuming, you know, that you're into adulthood and all that. Things do occur and things do go on. You know, there's different things that don't get talked about um, in families, such as, like, STDs. Like, that's a big one. Like, why isn't the safety around protecting yourself and STDs not being talked about enough? Now, I will say this. Just research I've seen in the past... I will say places like New York and stuff, I know that they're big on, um, you know, acknowledging, like, stuff like STDs. But I know if you live, like, in the South, it's kind of one of those things where, like, people don't talk about for real. I don't, I feel like, especially, like, the elders. I don't know how it is up North, but I know down South is like that. And I feel like not only should things like STDs be talked about um, with the elders, I feel like, you know, just red flags to look out for you know, before engaging in sexual acts. Like, how does the exterior of one's body parts look? Um, is it alarming? Um, especially, like, the whole test conversation. Like, you know, if you're going to be sexually active, you need to know someone's status. You need to know um, how someone is health-wise. And I will say this for me personally. Like, if I'm talking to a guy... Or, you know, in the past, if I, you know, if I talk to the guy and I have brought that up and they're just like not wanting to, you know, if they, they just have a whole issue about, oh, it's not that important or, oh, you know, you know, they just try to like gloss over it. That's a huge turn off for me because it's like, why are you so upset about a test? Why are you so upset about knowing about your sexual health? And I feel like, as for the elders, these are the things that should be telling the younger people so that they can know what red flags and what things to look out for instead of having to discover on their own or just having to muster up the wisdom to even ask these people and have your own discernment about that. You know, I just think about some of the things like, you know, properly taking care of yourself um, after sex. Like, well, I would assume most people, you know... um, care about their hygiene after having sex but you know just the whole thing of like you know as a woman or even as a male like just after you have sex to use the bathroom or you might get this you know certain sti or something <laughs> like you know we you know a lot of us are having to experience have to experience this on our own without having the proper knowledge of someone telling us you know just trying to take a bath as soon as you can after having sex so you won't have the risk of having having certain stis um so and when i say stis you know things like such as like a uti or something um because most not all women but there are some women out here who are very what's the word they're very like they're very easily able to get like uti's um and so, you know, they might not know that going into, like, sex and all this kind of stuff. And they may think something wrong and, you know, all this stuff and be freaked out. And it's just, like, there's no talk about safety. There's no talk about expectations. And I just feel like it should be more of that. And I just, and like, for myself, so if I do the whole marriage thing and then, you know, I have kids um, and, you know, I'm, I'm blessed to have kids, I want to make sure that I make the space so comfortable and easy so that I'm able to actually talk about the birds and the bees because I feel like the birds and the bees talk that we are getting that we have gotten from the elders 
hasn't really been much of anything. <laughs> like, it really hasn't. Um, and so I just want to be very open with my kids, you know, about this kind of stuff. Um, because I think it's important just, you know, for safety precautions again and just for the expectations that they will come across. And, like, this is the thing. Me personally, as a younger person, I'm not going to say I never, you know, did anything but I will say I never did more of the more of the uh, more advanced stuff that some of my peers was doing around me. And that's another thing. You know, a lot of the times elders try to put fear in their children, try to just hide them and shield them from the world and not even knowing that basically under their noses that their children are doing not even with particularly this subject, but their children are basically doing everything, <laughs> you know, that they didn't want them to do. Because of the pressure and because of the curiosity that they bring upon their kids. Like if, if there's a possibility that younger people can do it, then you might as well have that open conversation with your kids. You know, of course, I'm not a mother. And of course, I'm not telling, you know, anybody how to raise their kids. I'm just saying what I would do because I have been a child first. And I feel like everybody is a child first before they are a mother or a father. And so that's just me personally. Like if I was to have kids... I would definitely, you know, want to be open with that kind of stuff. I just had to get my spill on that. And so, you know, when it comes to sex, um, I will say that apart from the physical, you know, component, you know, I think people are talking about it, but I don't think some people realize that there is a spiritual component to sex as well. You know, just having sex with people and exchanging like certain soul ties, like whenever you have sex with people, especially when the sex is more intimate and you're not necessarily using like protection and stuff, you're creating soul ties with people and you're you're exchanging energy with that person. You're exchanging the energy of that person's emotions. Uh, some of the trauma that the person has been through. You're exchanging energy of the people that they have been through, been with, you know, before you and have engaged in sexual activities before you. And, you know, those things can affect you mentally. Those things, especially if you don't know where a person is mentally, you know, those things can affect you. Because I know some people out here, you know, um, that have like, you know, casual sex and stuff. I'm not, you know, I'm not at all saying nothing is wrong with that. But I will say like, if you're going to have like, you know, casual sex, you know, you just want to make sure like you are um, doing, man or woman, you want to make sure you're doing those spiritual cleansings, like, you know, taking spiritual baths and stuff or having like certain rituals that you do after, you know, having sex because you want to make sure that you're not attaching any negative energy to yourself. So, you know, not only is there a, a, a physical component to think about when it comes to, you know, sex, but there also is like a spiritual component that um that needs to be talked about as well and when it comes to sex you guys having that expression of sexuality and also just owning your sexuality that's like a another subcategory within itself so when it comes to me like defining my sexuality i'm not gonna lie you know some people can do the casual sex thing like i said nothing is wrong with that but for me like i found out early on in my adulthood like i like having emotional bonds like these emotional buzz with men before engaging in any type of intimacy. And you know, for for everybody is different, but for me, that's how I, you know, um over time have started defining my own sexuality. Because I remember when I, you know, early on when I <laughs> what did I say early on? Early on in my adulthood, you know, when I started, you know, engaging in stuff like that, engaging in sex and all this kind of stuff. 
I, um, it used to just feel so weird. Like, I was not satisfied because the people, I, I really honestly didn't know the people long enough in the beginning. I will say that I didn't know them long enough. I didn't really have any type of emotional bond with them. We weren't having like these in-depth conversations you know, we really wasn't having, we really, really wasn't having the end of conversations that I was longing for and craving for and the conversations I like to have. And I was never really, I was never like sexually satisfied because there was literally no emotional bond with these people. And I was like, that is, you know, and for me, you know, even at the time, like, this is not how I want to you know, have sex with people. And so from there on, I kind of start defining my own sexuality with that. And from there, I started realizing that having ownership and like having power over, over my own body is something that just gave, gives me a lot of confidence, gives me a lot of power. And it really helps define my sexuality because I used to, um, like, for example, um, back when I was in college, I used to have, like, casual sex with this one guy. And I just remember, like, just just kind of being over it, kind of just being over the whole ordeal. Like, not really, you know, wanting to do it with him. Um, because I just really... I just really wasn't being satisfied. I really didn't feel any bond with this person. I just I just kind of felt like I'm just going there just to go. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. Like for me, um, I felt like it was just one of those things I wanted to do because I... One of those things I just wanted to do just to just say I did it. I'm not even going to lie. Sex in the beginning was one of those things I wanted to do just to say I did it. And, you know, looking back now, like I don't... I can't say I have regrets because... I think everything happens for a reason. In that moment, I wonder how different it would have been if I would have just waited, you know, on a person, for the person I did have emotional bond with because, you know, I just wonder. But I will say I can't regret that situation, regret the situation, um, this whole situation because I feel like it kind of you know, help me gain the confidence and have more definition on, on my sexuality. And I don't even th think I told y'all what happened. But basically, um, the guy, you know, you know, after a while, I was just kind of like just going. And then, you know, one time they called me um, and they was like basically begging over, <laughs> over the phone, y'all. It was begging over the phone to have sex with me and I was just like you know what no I don't like I said no I didn't want to do it at that point and I was just like no um and they just kept begging <laughs> they just kept begging but I said no you know the conversation ended and from that moment I just felt so powerful and I just felt like I had ownership over my own body and I was like from well I ain't gonna say from that moment oh you know it took a took a, a few more casual encounters with other people for me to be like you know what for this moment on like you know that situation from there on better help define like from from this moment on you know what I'm going to have sex um with people I have an emotional bond with and I'm gonna have sex because I want to and not because I feel like it's just something I have to do just to say I did it. From there, you know, I just started owning my own body and being powerful and having confidence in my body and knowing that I have ownership of my body. And that's what kind of like defined my sexual sexuality. And, you know, that's just for me. 
And, you know, you really have to define your own sexuality. And, you know, for others, you know, that can be, defining your own sexuality can be, like, just from anything. Like, for me, I like to have more intimate, emotional um things going on with the person before I have sex but there's some people out here who does doesn't have to have any of that and still can be you know sexually satisfied and you know for them they just like having casual sex with different people nothing is wrong with that you know that's how you are expressing your sexuality is by you know having casual sex it's some people who define their um sexuality by you know engaging in certain fantasies or you know having certain fetishes nothing is wrong with that if two people if you have a certain fantasy or you have a certain fetish and the person that, you know, you are engaging in that type of activity with, if they're okay with that, then I don't see anything wrong with it. <laughs> okay? That's how you're defining your sexuality. Um, for some people, you know, it's being in a polyamorous relationship. That's how they define their relationship. I personally, you know, I wouldn't... You know, I would never be in a polyamorous relationship, but I do like be on YouTube, like looking at you like, you know how you be in that just, I wouldn't say weird part of YouTube, but you just be deep into YouTube on a, on a midnight, on a weekend, on a midnight, just, just deep into YouTube and you be seeing just all type of videos you probably wouldn't see. <laughs> and I remember seeing like this polyamorous um video and just looking at all these polyamorous you know videos because it was just so interesting I don't you know me personally I would never do that but I think it's interesting and I think it's amazing how people you know define their sexuality by being in those types of relationships I mean it's all up to you it's not always about having sex you know your sexuality is not always about having sex you know for some people it's like you know just having this sexual aura and claiming that you are you know you sexy that's in itself is defining your sexuality you know being sexy is not always about appearance it's a part of it but you can have the um quote-unquote appearance but not be sexy at all it's really like an aura thing it's really more so like the type of energy you you carry it's like you know just having that confidence you know being able to walk in like certain rooms and you know owning your existence as well as the moment that you're in you know that's like sexy energy that's you know that's giving out sexual energy um i know like for me i always like i like people used to ask me girl is your favorite color red because I used to, especially in college, I would wear like really long red nails and I would have red lipstick. Of course, you know, with the job I'm in, I can't, I can't have long nails and I hate it. So I don't really, you know, get my nails did like I used to. But back in college and stuff, you know, I used to love, I don't know why. And this is, you know, this is um, before I really got in tune with like how colors have certain meanings and stuff. But I used to just love the energy and the feeling that I had. Like I always felt mature. I always felt like I was more grown when I had like the red lipstick on and the, the red nails and how I just compliment my skin. Like I just loved it. Um, and it was not until like I get deeper into my journey and I realized like, you know, red deals with beauty and it deals with passion and, and love. And it's like, you know, that I feel like though that color helped me have like a certain energy about myself that made me feel good. And so, like I said, you know, 
sexuality doesn't always have anything to do with actual sex. I mean, your sexuality can be as little as like, you know, showing skin and being confident in your skin. You know, there's some people that, you know, we see they're so confident in their body and their skin and um, they love to like be more revealing and that's how they define their sexuality. You know, not because they want attention for others to feed into any insecurities. It's more so about because you can tell that they love themselves and, you know, in how in their body and how they choose to appear to others in themselves is them actually living in your in their sexuality like it's a beautiful thing to see you know sometimes i like being a little revealing but you know i'm not gonna lie like i don't have just the just in the wor world that we live in i don't necessarily like dressing like they're always like i'll do it for like instagram and stuff but as far as like going out in public and stuff not necessarily because I don't feel, I don't have that. It's not that I don't have that confidence, but it's more so of like, I just don't want certain people seeing me in that way because I don't want them, you know, doing things. If you, if you can read between the lines, like I don't want attention. I don't want, I don't even want to get into it because I, I do feel like it don't matter what you're wearing. People are still going to try to be savages. I will say that it doesn't matter what you're wearing, but to me, I just don't, you know, I just, I just know that will bring even more attention. Um, and so I don't, I, one day I might get to just not being fearful in that way, but I will say people who are able to just wear what they want to wear with and just be fearless with it. I don't have, that's not how I'm defining my sexuality, but for the people that can do that. I, I think it's amazing. I feel like, you know, one day maybe I will be there. But to just be fearless and not care and just wear what you want, I love it. Um, Other ways that you can define your sexuality is about art. You know, there's, I, I love art. Like, I'm definitely into art. And I was just like, I like looking at all types of art. But there are some artists out here who, you know, express sexuality through their paintings, which I think is beautiful. Um, There's people who who express sexuality through dancing there's people who you know express their sexuality through writing like there's so many ways you guys that you can express your sexuality whether it's acting dancing you know whatever it is I think it's amazing and I think it's you know it's for you to just do what feels right so you can just help um help with that chakra and and keep it balanced and just be able to have that expression. So since we done went through, you know, sex and owning your sexuality, I do want to get into like the sex magic part. Um, and some people may know about this. Some people may not. But, you know, if, you know, there's so many different ways that you can manifest. And this is just another way, you guys, that you are able to manifest. And this is through sex magic. And this is something that I have done before. So basically, in a nutshell, sex magic is basically, basically, you guys, the ability to be able to manifest things that you want through the act of having sex. Assuming that you climax. Okay? Assuming that you climax. And this can be done either with yourself or with someone else. Don't think you have to have sex with someone else to be able to, you know, participate in sex magic. Um, because to be honest with you, <laughs> some people are, are not even, um, so just don't think that. Like for me, being a person that emotionally has to have an emotional bond with somebody, 
a lot of the times, like, a lot of um, my sex magic has been with myself. Um, because I'm just not, you know, having sex with people I don't have an emotional bone with. I'm just not. And so you want to, like, and so before doing any sex magic, I will say this. You want to treat this like you would any other way. You would do any other ritual technique. Even though it's easy peasy, lemon squeezy, you know, you still want to treat this like you would if you was finna do a candle magic or whatever type of manifesting manifestation that you do you want to treat it with the same energy you know even though like i said you know we're going to get into what, what all you do it, it's really simple you still want to treat it with the same type of energy first thing that i would recommend when doing sex magic is to make sure you cleanse your space you guys um yeah, make sure you cleanse your damn space because I'm not going to lie, like, it was so, like, because, you know, you, you want to make sure that your, wherever you live, period, is a, a it, you, where you live is a sacred place and you want to make sure that it has all these levels of protection. But I ain't going to lie, like, when I first started doing this stuff, this is why I'm going to bring up um, cleansing your space because it all really makes sense. I, first of all, I used to have, don't have a mirror in front of your bed. Do not have a mirror in front of your bed. That's already a portal. And then it's like when you're doing sex magic, you, you, up any, any type of magic, you're opening up a portal, you know, you're connecting to spirit. So, um, basically I used to do it and, you know, before bed, because it's, it's a really a good way to bring in that melatonin, <laughs> you know, before you sleep, basically, you know, just pleasuring myself. And so... You know, you know, I I guess a low energy just got up in this, got up in my room. And, you know, because I'm clairaudient, I was just able to hear it. And they were basically like sexualizing over me. And then they gave me this image in my mind that was just really low vibrational. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I had moved my mirror. I had to stage my room. And it's like, you just want to make sure when you're doing, that's why I say you want to make sure that when you're going into, into this, you want to treat this as if you were doing any other type of ritual, you guys. So cleanse your space. Um, cleanse it. If, you know, if you got to burn some, some, some dragon's blood, if you got to burn <laughs> some Palo Santo while you're doing it do that and cleanse your space i know for me like i also have i always wear like my tumorland bracelet or i have some protection oil on after i get out you know because while i'm in bed so i do use that as a means of protection um like i said it's all about whenever you're manifesting you're tapping into spirit and so basically you guys before you you know really um you know put out your manifestations and stuff you want to have a clear-cut thought. You want to have clear-cut thoughts and intentions on what you actually want. But, you know, before doing this. Like like I said, you want to treat this like you would if you were doing a candle magic or any other type of spell. You want to treat it with the same energy and the same, in the same respect. Because if you, you, you want to have that same energy because you want to make sure that you're putting your full self and your full energy into this. And so what it is that you want, are you, you know, are you doing this for money? Are you doing this for a job opportunity? Are you doing this, you know, to get certain things? What is it? What is the reason for you doing that? And you want to put that intention out into the universe. Um, you want to put that intention out before doing that. It's really all about, you know, when you climax, you guys. And, you know, I know, like, 
I'm pretty I'm pretty sure this is for everybody but you know you know when you're about to climax and so it's like when you're about to climax you guys that's when you want to start like envisioning what it is um that you actually want in your mind and then when you're actually when you actually climax that is when you want to either state your manifestation out loud or within your mind and you want to do this as you are climaxing and i will say you guys like this is just off the record you don't have to say like when you're manifesting you don't have to say that stuff out loud to manifest like especially like if you're like worried about like if you're doing this with someone else you're not necessarily alone like if you're doing this with someone else you don't want to think <laughs> you don't want them to think you're weird or whatever um you know you don't have to say this stuff out loud because that there may be a question but the thing with manifesting like when you're in the spirit world you guys we are constantly manifesting in the spirit world um when we're in those other dimensions because our mind is literally creating our reality it's all done telepathically um and you have to think about it. There are other planets that people are living on. They don't have social cues. They don't talk. They, they communicate telepathically in these other planets. And so what you have to realize is that our thoughts are just as strong as our words. And so, yes, when you're manifesting, when you're doing your manifestation, when you're doing like all of the sex magic, you can think this through. Like if you don't want to weird out whoever you're having sex with or you just, you know, just want to not say nothing just you know thinking in your mind you can do that as well and so you will do it and like i said it's pretty easy you do it you receive it and you let it be so and you're done with it and i know like another thing um you guys like if you're doing it by yourself i want to say it's okay to watch a video um up until the point where you you know you're about to climax and that's when you want to start envision or you know or it's okay to use your own imagination. Sometimes I use my imagination. Like, I have a big imagination. <laughs> I don't even have to have a video, okay? But, um, you know, use your imagination or, you know, watch a video. You know, if you're by yourself. Whatever it is that you do to actually get that um, climax stuff going, that's what you want to use to to fuel that. Um you know, it's okay to watch a video. It's okay to imagine. Like, it's okay to get into whatever, you know, feeling that's going to get you there. Um, But just make sure that when you know you're about to climax, you want to make sure you, that's when you start envisioning. And then as you're climaxing, you want to make sure that you are stating your intentions as far as, like, manifesting what it is that you actually want. And that, you guys, is sex magic, okay? And I just think I got into an array, really. This podcast was an array of different stuff. We went into politics. We went into sex and owning your own sexuality. And then, you know, we went into sex magic. Um, Like I said sex magic is really simple um and you know just use like don't be wasting you know climaxes use that energy to like manifest what you actually want um <laughs> and so that's that you guys i thank you so much for supporting the podcast and listening to me i love you so much and so like i said you can listen to the podcast podcast on apple and spotify and you can follow on instagram at intuitively unapologetic and I will talk to you guys later.